everyone can truly appreciate a war hero, and his character was tested beyond measure. Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content. More conversation coming up after this week's edition of In Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. President Trump comes to Indiana with the race for Senate heating up this Labor Day weekend. But first, a somber week in Washington. The nation pausing to remember the man known as the Maverick, Senator John McCain, who will be buried at Arlington National Cemetery later today. And that's where we begin this morning. I'm Bob Donaldson in for Dan Spieler today. We're hearing from Indiana lawmakers and from one of our own former governors all mourning the loss of Senator John McCain. Our Matt Smith has more. But they are more partisan, more tribal, more of the time than at any time that I can remember. Indiana's freshman Senator Todd Young will always remember that speech. Senator John McCain's final one on the Senate floor. Whether one is Republican or Democrat, John had a strong sense of right and wrong. Today, reflecting with us, Senator Young recalled the picture he had of McCain on his bulletin board while attending the Naval Academy, long before their first encounter in Washington. In fact, weeks before the 2016 election, McCain was in Indianapolis to meet with Indiana veterans. Friends, our veterans are not being taken care of in the fashion that they should. Campaigning for Senator Young. This is a larger-than-life character uh, who came uh, with a, a swagger of a fire, fighter pilot into Indianapolis, visited with veterans, visited with people on my campaign. The praise widespread across both sides of the aisle. Is an American hero, an American icon. And um, every moment with him was like a blessing. John McCain knew that this is a great country, always in need of improvement. To me, he represents qualities which are in short supply right now. I hate that we've lost him, but uh, in, in losing him, maybe he's performing one final great national service, which is to remind us of those qualities and how we are always going to need them. He's going to be more important in death in some ways than he was in life. A symbol of rarity these days in Washington, GOP strategist Mike Murphy tells us, in a culture of partisanship and finger pointing, with the future now left in voters' hands. I do think this is, is a somewhat polarized time. I mean, much has been written and said about the tribalism in our politics, yeah. and there are a whole lot of different reasons for that. But I think our country is going in a direction which concerns me, and I think we need more John McCain's, not fewer. That was Matt Smith reporting. Matt, thank you. As Washington mourns the loss of Senator McCain, the Labor Day weekend also means we're now in the final stretch before the midterm elections. And this week, that meant a visit from President Trump, who came to Evansville to voice his support for Senate candidate Mike Braun. A vote for Mike Braun is a vote to, did you ever hear this before, make America great again. Senator Joe Donnelly was not at that rally. He was in Washington for John McCain's funeral. In a statement, Donnelly says he was unable to watch the rally. He says, we're always happy to have President Trump in Indiana, but Hoosiers still want a senator who always puts them first before any politician or political party. And as the campaign season kicks into high gear this Labor Day weekend, we're sitting down with the candidates to talk about the big issues in the news with the contentious Senate race putting the spotlight here on Indiana, 
right now. Here's more of Dan's conversation with Senate candidate Mike Braun. I do want to ask you about that Associated yeah. Press report on your company's sure. uh, parts division uh, using foreign auto parts, as they reported. We did an interview with you a few weeks ago where you said this. You said, we don't have Chinese suppliers. We're just a distributor. 95% of uh, companies we do business with are American. True. They say it's actually more like 70%, and they claimed in the press release that every <clears throat> sentence of that response was false. Are they wrong? No, because 75% of the products we sell are through 95% um, uh, Amer American companies, and 95% of the people we do business with are American companies, and we buy products from them. 100% of our jobs are American jobs, and the one ownership that Joe had in a company with his brother's company, 100% of those jobs were shipped to Mexico. So that's, again, to take away from that point. They try to focus on ours. And, you know, we're a company that we're lucky that we have as many products that we still get made here in the U.S. And the reason we don't is due to bad trade policies that prior, you know, politicians have put in place. When I get there, I hope to change that. And I think we will get more stuff made here in America. Do you dispute the findings of that AP report about Promax? Uh, with the Chinese-made auto parts? The Promax is purchased through American suppliers. We have nothing, absolutely, that we buy directly from China because, remember, we buy all our stuff from manufacturers, and 95% of those manufacturers are American companies, and we get those same products through, uh, you know, those American companies. So, yes, I do dispute that. Which parts specifically, you, that, that you do not actually manufacture these products or that the, the we don't make anything China. we don't make anything so anything we buy is through uh, you know American companies so again this is an attempt I think to take a company that would have to epitomize the American dream you do it in your own hometown uh, you've supplied thousands and thousands of jobs sign the front side of many paychecks my opponent Joe Donnelly has never done that so uh, you look at a phone, uh, any, if you use the phone, anybody else does, nearly 100% of it, and, you know, the components come from overseas. I'm lucky and proud of the fact that all of our jobs are American jobs, and almost all of the products we sell are made here in America and purchased 95% through American companies. I also want to talk about health care. You've said you do support uh coverage for pre-existing conditions, sure. but you also support the lawsuit that's moving through the courts that would essentially get rid of uh, some of these Obamacare provisions altogether. How do you square those two positions? Obamacare was big health care that got with big government, and I've never seen that result in something more effective and become less expensive. So pre-existing conditions have to be covered, in my opinion, and you shouldn't go broke because you get sick or have a bad accident. So there should be no limit on coverage. How you do that and bring costs down is what the government and big health insurance have never been good at. In my own company, I took on the health insurance companies because they kept giving us a product that was going up and up in price. And for nine years now, my employees have not paid anymore because we made some hard decisions many years ago to not keep doing business as usual with a dysfunctional industry, the health insurance industry and put a plan in that now has allowed us to lower costs because my employees are engaged in their own well-being. We help them stay healthy. We've got great coverage that we were able to lower 
the cost by $1,400 a year. For our family plans, due to tax reform and the fact that we found a way to lower costs by making it consumer-driven. But not everybody works for your company. What, what happens to those who They who need to send me to D.C. so I can get them straight and show them how to do it. That's not what you're going to get out of a guy like Joe Donnelly. Joe has never done anything where he's solved problems in the real world. He is a nice guy that has managed to get by here in Indiana, and I think we need more than that. When you send me there, you're going to get a guy that's not afraid to speak up, that's solved problems in the real world. And if you can grow a company from scratch uh, over 37 years and grow it 20% a year and be the best place in your hometown that's a great place to live and work, uh, people ought to keep that in mind. We need more folks like that in D.C. and fewer people that go there to make a career out of it. A lot of polls saying you know, different things yeah. about this race. Where do you think this race is right now? Is it neck and neck? I think this race is going to be tight all the way to the finish line. Uh, I think uh, the end result is going to be determined by who's got a message that's going to change the dynamic in D.C. Uh, Joe Donnelly and most people that are there, I think, go there to make a career out of it. When I get elected, and maybe Rick Scott in Florida and Mitt Romney in Utah, do you know we'll double the size of the business caucus? That's how few people we have in the Senate that have actually worked in the real world. And I think the biggest thing that voters ought to consider is, do you want to do more of the same with people that have delivered us a product where the institution's got like a 15% approval rating, or do you want to take a chance on people that have solved things in the real world? That's what I intend to do when I get there. All right. I know we'll be seeing a lot of you between now and November. Mike Braun, thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Dan, thank you. Up next, Donald Trump Jr. also weighs in on Indiana's Senate race this week. We'll have that next. Also ahead, we'll talk about the White House and its handling of John McCain's death this past week. Plus, our panel on Senator McCain's legacy. It's all right after this. For 35 years, John served in these very halls under this very dome. And he fought for what he believed in. Vice President Mike Pence this week sharing his thoughts on Senator John McCain's legacy. Joined now by our panelists, Indy Star columnist Tim Suarez, and also two former state lawmakers, Democrat Christina Hale, Republican Mike Murphy. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Mike, I have to start with you and get you to expound on a point that you made in our earlier piece on John McCain. You say he may be even more significant in death than he was in life. What do you mean by that? Well, the, the principles he stood for and the truth that he articulated are timeless. So those truths will live on and he'll be quoted for the next hundred years, but his weaknesses, everybody has them, his weaknesses will fade because nobody will talk about those. Just like Lincoln was more popular in death than he was in life, John Kennedy was more popular in death than he was in life, even James Dean was more popular in death than he was in life. So people have a, have a, have a uh, habit, I guess, of, of extending their legacy well beyond their, their weaknesses. Christine, in this day and age, I was struck. I mean, Joe Biden gave you that very, very moving eulogy. I mean, this was really a bipartisan figure in, in many ways in John McCain. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Everyone felt for him, for his family, and I think everyone has a heart for his heroism as well. I mean, you have to look at his record of service, his record of honor, and appreciate that. And I think what happened, too, was very timely, where we could have Democrats and Republicans, independents, everyone coming together to say, 
this man was significant, he was important, he had a message we all appreciate, and it's time to honor him. Well, Tim, do you think that the reaction was even stronger because of the polarizing times that we live in right now? Absolutely. I think we, John McCain represents something that we've lost. Uh, I will say, however, that John McCain ran for president just eight years ago, and he was trashed uh, during that campaign. And there are conservatives who are pointing out that we got Donald Trump in part because how John McCain was treated in the 2008 election and how Mitt Romney was treated in 2012. Mild-mannered, reasonable candidates, and they got thumped in the news media and by Democrats and were portrayed as extremists. And then we got somebody who could take that and push back. Well, Mike, I mean, there are some people who say that the path that the Republican Party is on right now was actually started by John McCain and his choosing of Sarah Palin, someone who is very, very uh, conservative and in that direction that the party has taken now. W would you agree? May have been John McCain's biggest life mistake was picking Sarah Palin, listening to the people who told him to pick her. But, I, I, you know, when listening to what uh, Tim had to say, I think that, that the McCain uh, candidacy did help produce Trump, but I also think it helped inspire people who are going to be the next John McCain, and one of those could be Todd Young. Outstanding intelligence, intellect, uh, character, military background, thoughtful, but Todd is being smartly careful in his first term and playing a pretty low profile, but he gets into his second term. I think you'll see Ty Young speak up a lot more. Well, Christina, I have to ask you, get your reaction about the, uh, the controversy surrounding the flag being raised and lowered over the White House, the fact that the, the White House was slow to put out any type of a statement. I mean, how much damage does that do to the president, and how does that reflect on him? I don't know that it does much damage, but it certainly reveals that they don't have, um, at least those people in his office and administration aren't singing from the same song sheet. There were a lot of people that had a lot of opinions and they didn't make a decision and stick to it. You could almost hear, you know, the behind the scenes bickering that drove to some of the changes um, that caused them to uh, redress their decision and really... Um, telegraph a greater respect than they originally had. Tim, did they cave under pressure? Well, I think they did, and they should have. I think they recognized they made a tremendous error in raising the flag so soon and, and thankfully uh, backtracked on that fairly quickly. And the pressure came from the head of the American Legion, who said, you better get that flag back down to half-mast, and Trump's advisors were smart enough to pay attention. Okay. Meanwhile, Donald Trump Jr. Um, actually penned an op-ed in the Evansville Courier Press this week titled, uh, quote, Hoosiers deserve better than Donnelly. He wrote, Donnelly's self-proclaimed moderation is nothing more than a Trojan horse strategy designed to trick the good people of Indiana into rejecting him. So I guess the question is, uh, will it actually be effective for the Braun campaign to have someone like Trump Jr. going after Donnelly in the local paper? Christina? Um, I think much of this election will come down to voter turnout and what the level of enthusiasm is for both candidates. I think a lot of this will be a referendum on how people feel about their vote for or against Donald Trump in 2016. But um, uh, it's interesting. I think they're being very clear who the favorite candidate is. Um, and I think it was also in reaction to the Chamber of Commerce 
declining to endorse in this race, usually, almost always, the Republican candidate in the Senate race has been endorsed, not this time. So I think they're redoubling efforts. I mean, how much of an impact did that, that visit from uh, the president have? I think it has it's, it's a, a huge impact. We, you know, we, you can dislike Trump all you want, but he's still the, the biggest actor in the room at all times. Look at the Florida elections Tuesday night. A guy who was down 20 points until Trump endorsed him came from way behind and won the Republican nomination for uh, uh, governor, Senate, I'm sorry. And the uh, Democrat who won was a um, Bernie Sanders, essentially, yes. uh, you know, mold candidate. And you will see huge impact from Donald Trump in India. He's still very popular here, whether you like him or not. 10,000 people in Evansville on Thursday night came out and saw Mike Braun stand next to the president. 8,000 people in Elkhart in May. That has to help. And there's also a lot of free media coverage of, of those events. But Tim, I mean, the, Mr. Donnelly has really explicitly courted some of the support of Donald Trump supporters in his ads, talking about how much he agrees with Donald Trump on many hot button issues. It's going to be interesting to see. There's going to be a, a vote on the Kavanaugh nomination, perhaps just a few weeks before the election. If Joe Donnelly votes for Kavanaugh, uh, then it takes away some of the complaints that he's not supporting the president and, and conservative values. If he, if he does vote for Kavanaugh, however, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how Democrats in Indiana react to that. Christina, I mean, do you think that, that, uh, that Donnelly is trying to uh, get as many supporters from Trump and blunt some of that support? That seems clear he is trying to blunt it. To what effect, I'm not certain it will be effective. I do think the president looms large in this race. And um, I also think people don't like to be told, I told you so. So it is going to take a lot to move people off their feelings, um, their passionate, positive feelings for the president. And I don't know that we've seen the nadir quite yet. Christine had brought up the uh, the Chamber of Commerce deciding not to endorse. I mean, is that significant in this race? Mike? It is. It's unusual. It's a it's a big loss for Mike Braun and a big win for Joe Donnelly, quite frankly. And I know people who are on the board making that decision. They both had very passionate arguments on both sides. But the bottom line is, uh, Braun is for tariffs, which is diametric, uh, diametrically opposed mm -hmm. to the uh, Chamber policy. And, uh, you know, Donnelly voted against tax relief. And so they had no choice in some ways but to stay neutral. So as somebody who wrote endorsement editorials for, for decades, I'm not really sure in 2018 how much impact they have either way. So it, it does help Donnelly in a, in, a, in a small measure not to have Braun endorsed by the chamber. But I don't know how many voters really pay attention to I, that. I think it might signal to check writers, people who are, you know, more likely than not to write a check when otherwise they wouldn't be. So we only have a couple of minutes left, but here we are on Labor Day weekend. I mean, where do we stand in this race right now, Mike? Is there, is there a front runner at this point? Well, the, the incumbent always has to be considered the front runner because they have certain advantages the challenger just does not have. I would put it slightly, when I say slightly, maybe even within the margin of error slightly for Donnelly at this point. But, you know, we're still a lifetime away from November 6th. Christina? I think Mike said it very well. I mean, just think of when Do uh, Senator Donnelly was originally elected. It came down to the wire with that race, with that kind of uh, the debate that came, I think, just a few days before the election. I think what we're seeing, these are crazy times. Anything can happen. It's kind of the Wild West of politics. Anything can happen. I think this is a race between a generic Republican and a moderate Democrat in a state that Donald Trump won by 19 points. But if, two if years I agree with both these folks, and if, if Florida plays out in Indiana, Braun crushes Donnelly. 
It's just fascinating to me that we are in a TBD type of a situation on one of the most important Senate races in the entire country. That's right. fascinating. That's right. People uh, are watching. All right. We appreciate you guys both being, uh, all of you guys being with us. Up next, former President Jimmy Carter comes to Indiana this week sharing his thoughts on America Today and the life of John McCain. That's next. Former President Jimmy Carter and his wife Rosalind joined Indiana's very own David Letterman and others this week here in the Hoosier State. They're taking part in a massive Habitat for Humanity home build in Mishawaka. They're joining a group of volunteers to build 22 new homes and rehab 19 others. Every one of us makes a decision, a lot of decisions in our life, leading up to the final decision this is the kind of person I want to be. And nobody makes that decision for you. Former President Carter also shared his remembrances of Senator McCain this week and said President Trump made a, quote, serious mistake in his handling of McCain's death, though he also says Democrats should be cautious when it comes to talk of impeachment. We'll be back to wrap things up right after this. All right, time for this week's winners and losers. This week, I think there's some obvious choices, but Tim, we'll go ahead and we'll start with you. Yes, so um, John McCain, uh, one of those obvious choices for an American life very well lived. And my, my second winner is, is Mike Braun for having the president in state campaigning for him. When you're a, a challenger of an incumbent, you, that's a big win. All right, Christina? Um, John McCain, very well said. I'd like to add to that also Aretha Franklin and the celebration of her life that really brought a lot of Americans together as well for a, a significant life well lived, um, a great contribution to our culture. And I'd also like to shout out from a number of women from around the state that have been working really hard that have taken on some significant political challenges. Courtney Trich, Liz Watson, Poonam Gill, who have taken on male candidates. No one ever expected them to win and they're making true headway. Mike? Well, Mike Braun's my winner and my loser for this week. Winner because he got the president to come to Indiana and campaign for him. Loser because he was not able to get the Indiana um, Chamber of Commerce um, endorsement. Should have been a slam dunk. And then uh, another winner is actually Joe Donnelly for stopping, somehow blocking the Indiana Chamber from giving that endorsement to Mike Braun. All right. Again, we appreciate your time, especially on a Labor Day weekend. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of In Focus. We'll see you again next Sunday. And welcome to this week's edition of the In Focus podcast. We are joined, as always, by Indy Star columnist Tim Suarez, also two former state lawmakers, Democrat Christina Hale, Republican Mike Murphy. Guys, um, I think we all want to talk a little bit about that John McCain. Tim, what, what are your thoughts about what happened this week? We don't see very many figures like John McCain uh, in a lifetime, and uh, just uh, the historical significance of his life of service, starting as a as a veteran in Vietnam, a prisoner of war, but then on the Senate, uh, where he was often a voice of reason and a bipartisan voice, we've lost so much of that uh, in recent years, and and so I think we, as a country, this has been a time to reflect not on just not on only on John McCain's service, but also what we've lost in terms of the ability to talk to one another. Christina, I mean, as a, as a Democrat, I mean, you have to be struck by some of the things that were said from both sides of the aisle. 
I, I certainly was. I really appreciated um, Vice President Biden's remarks and also everyone can truly appreciate a war hero and his character was tested beyond measure and he served with such honor um, to the very last moment. It's a story that I think inspires everyone. Um, Mike mentioned in his comments, you know, people will forget some of his failings. I'm glad if they do, because I think his message was so important to everyone. I think Mike also mentioned that one of the reasons um, why, and, and Tim, you might have as well, that uh, uh, the, the coarsening of our politics as it relates to um, the way we campaign, some of that might have had to do with the choice of Sarah Palin. Mike said it had to do with her extreme conservatism, but I don't think it was that. I think it was more her personality and some of um, her communication style. She was using names and um, it was more incendiary than we had seen, I think. Um, it was a little bit more coarse a politics than we had seen from the stage for a number of years. And it, it was a little bit more um, reality TV, I would say, than we're mm -hmm. used to. It's almost a significant a pivot point in history as the Nixon-Kennedy debates when we saw the young, calm uh, senator debating, you know, the, on television. Um, it's a new style and we'll have to get used to it. We certainly see it coming from our president and his tweets and, and other comments that um, are perhaps not as civil as we've enjoyed in the past. Palin was an outgrowth of Jesse Ventura, frankly, and I think he was really the beginning of this kind of crazy, you know. Were you style talking about populism or? Well, no, I th I'm using the word infotainment. Crazy, yeah. not just. Yeah. I mean, Sarah Palin was a big mistake because she was not a smart person. I mean, she made huge mistakes. She was not smart from an intellectual standpoint. Her style was, as you said, reality TV style. But let's get back to McCain for a minute. There were three John McCains. There was the McCain of mm -hmm. grit and service who survived incredible horrors in Vietnam. There was the McCain that Tim mentioned um, with great intellect, great statesmanship, and a great um, role model for anybody who wants to provide good public service of either party. And then there's the McCain who, um, who was a bit snarky. He had a, he had a temper. <laughs> well, and yeah. he, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit, of, I was always a maverick when I was in, in politics, and I, I love somebody who never gives up. Well, and he, he never gave up. He rubbed people the wrong way in, 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 a, in a lot of ways, though, Tim. But he, he did. I, I, I can't remember who said this, but uh, one of his former colleagues talked about if it, when he was your friend, you never had a better friend, but when he was your enemy, you never right. had a worse enemy. You know what he earned, though, was professional trust, too. And I think everyone at least feels that he's got a great deal of professional integrity even when you were disagreeing his, with his him. His word was he's good. He's authentic. Yeah. yeah. To, to go back to the Sarah Palin pick, um, remember the context. John McCain was not embraced by conservatives in the Republican Party in 2008. There were a lot of questions about his credentials. And Sarah Palin was seen as this rising conservative star, the governor of Alaska. People didn't know a whole lot about her at the time. Uh, Alaska's pretty far removed from D.C. and from national media. But she was seen, there were, there, were, there were a lot of people on the right who saw her as the potential rising star. John McCain listened to that advice because he had to reach out to conservatives in his own party. It blew up on him. Uh, Sarah Palin was not ready for the spotlight. And, and much of what we saw from her was a lack of preparation. She wasn't ready to take on 
all that you have to take on when you're the vice presidential nominee. Two, two little, uh, I guess, points to make or anecdotes about the way John McCain which went out, which I thought were humorous even, and t I tip my hat to him was, he sponsored legislation to name the street in front of the Russian embassy after a prominent Russian dis dissident, mm -hmm. which I thought was quite funny, actually. Right. And then, of course, he names a very prominent Russian dissident to be one of his pallbearers, a guy that Putin tried to assassinate twice. That was his, his sense of humor on the way out the door. I mean, as we get further and further away from, from his death, what do you think the chances are that they'll name the Senate uh, office building after him, as, as some have suggested? Well, a lot of legislation like that, even in Indiana, is based on emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And right now, the emotion is with John McCain. Now, Russell, you know, I have not studied his career at great length. He was a Southern, one of the Southern, uh, you know, senators. It was kind of one of the godfathers of the U.S. Senate for 30 or 40 years. Um, you know, the question is, you know, why get his name off? There's, there, there'll, be some, there'll be some debate back and forth. Why take Russell's name off and put McCain's name on? Or aren't there other buildings you can name after John McCain? Who knows? But in the end, um, his legacy will be much greater than a name on a building. Mm -hmm. Are we looking at his career, Tim, through, um, I, I don't really know how to put this, uh, the Keating Five, I mean, people who are students of history know that John McCain's career was not a straight line by, by any stretch. It, it definitely was. And, and is, are we getting a, an overly rosy picture uh, of John McCain's career at this point? I think to a certain extent, and, and that's normal following a death. Um, I think in time, uh, there'll be a, a rebalancing. But, but I, but I think, do think it's fair and accurate to say that John King was a statesman. Uh, he was a great public servant. Uh, he had his flaws, as we all do. I don't want to get into psychological questions, but I mean, what is it about the president that, that he can't put things aside, even in times like these, and, and uh, have more of a conciliatory approach to someone who's passed away and has such a record of service in the country, Mike? Well, it's, it's, in this case, it's, it's not about McCain. It's about Donald Trump. It's about Donald Trump the person. It has nothing to do with John McCain's accomplishments or, or foibles, quite frankly. Uh, Trump does not have the ability to be gracious. Um, he's proven that when he attacked the family of the, uh, the Arab the gold, soldier who the died, the Gold Star, the gold star family. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, on and on and on. During his entire campaign, he attacked women, African-Americans, Jews, Muslims, Latinos. Um, if it's not about Donald Trump, then you know it doesn't make the agenda, so to okay. speak. All right, that's all I had. Is there anything else? I think we're good. Well, I think we should wish the men and women of this country a tremendous Labor Day. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the In Focus podcast. We'll see you soon.